It's on. And welcome to Covert Show episode number 11. It's officially a Sunday special as we are recording this just a couple of minutes after midnight as we're going through. We're doing some division picks here for the NFL. We're looking at some games that could be key through the season. I'm JC, RC's across the way, and we also have Nick joining us on this uh, fine Sunday special. And uh, football season, I keep getting the week wrong. I keep thinking football starts next Thursday. It's the following Thursday. So I can't imagine that I'm the only one getting excited for football here as uh, maybe one of you is more excited than the other with one of you being a Ravens fan versus a Broncos fan. But, hey, who can say? Hey, Broncos are, are 3-0 in the preseason after tonight, beating the Rams 17-12. to we're, we're feeling kind of mighty on it. So you're going to be uh, – we just looked this up, and now I'm going to, of course, I'm going to blank on who you open up against in uh, week one here, but it, you come into a, an interesting division setup, and before we make the picks, I mean, we can kind of just overview each division here, and what better place to start than in your AFC West? You know you're not winning the division, which is going to be pretty much Kansas City's to lose, but what do you think about the rest of the division here? I mean... The Chargers seem poised that they could maybe try to make a run at second place. The Raiders are in a new stadium. And then, you know, you got your Denver Broncos in there as well. Uh, what, are we, what are we thinking about the AFC West here, uh, top to bottom? I mean, if you kind of look at it, I think the Broncos could be one of the dark horses, but the Chargers with Justin Herbert, uh, the quarterback out of Oregon, I mean, that's kind of the – the team to look forward to they're one and two in the preseason so I mean and we talked about this last week the preseason is not something to smile about but they beat the Rams opening week they lost the 49ers they lost to the Seahawks but Justin Herbert's still a very good quarterback so I think the Chargers do have some very good offensive weapons Teddy Bridgewater's been playing very well Drew Locke had some pretty good success tonight against the Rams they won 17 to 12 I think if you're kind of looking at it it's kind of who is going to end up last. And I think the Raiders, they ended up last season 8-8. Eight and eight. The Chargers ended up last season 7-9. and nine. And the Broncos, obviously, 5-11 and 11 at the bottom. So, so you're seeing another year know. where it's spread out like Kansas City last year, 14-2. and two, And then everybody else, 6-7 and, uh, what, nine games back the rest of the way. So a pretty big gap. It's just going to be a race for second place, basically. I think if anybody, I think the Chargers could make, like, being a Broncos fan, yes, love the Broncos, we'll, we'll pony up all day long, but I think the Chargers <laughs> could make a run this year and end up set, setting at that second place. But we talked about it. The Raiders do have a new stadium. They're playing in Las Vegas. I mean, they're, they're looking to kind of bring some hometown feel to it. So I think it could be, honestly, a very tough division this year between all of the quarterback battles that are going on in the – in the AFC West. All right, so I'm going to get my notebook. I'm going to try to keep track of this as best I can of who picks <laughs> what. Uh, I'll do a much better job week to week because, yes, we are definitely keeping uh, track of who's the best. Probably won't be me, but I'll talk a lot of trash. Uh, we'll start with you, Nick. What do you think is the order for the AFC West uh, for teams top to bottom? 
Top to bottom. Well, let's. If Denver's not at the top, I'm going to be a little surprised, man. Uh, Denver is not going to be at the top. I see them sitting. I see them sitting at a high third. I think the Raiders are going to be the ones that kind of fall this year. Um, I definitely see the Chargers kind of picking it up towards the middle of the season. We're going to take a look at their schedule real quick. They open up against Washington. They have Dallas. So, I mean, if Dak is healthy, that would be a tough game for them. But they're kind of looking to sit on Dak a little bit, are the Cowboys. They have the Chiefs opening up in week three. Raiders, I mean, they do have a very tough schedule kind of coming through. But I think the Chargers could end up at a pretty even year or at least kind of taking a couple games above 500. And I see the rest of the AFC West just kind of taking a fall. The Broncos are still in a rebuilding year. They have a very good offense. Teddy Bridgewater's got some weapons, especially with Jerry Judy on that outside for a receiver core. But the Raiders are still kind of looking to define their offense. So if I'm going with the AFC West, the Chiefs are still on top. They have one of the best offenses in the NFL. Uh, You got the Chargers, Broncos, and then I see the Raiders falling behind in the AFC West at the bottom. And then I see that if if we're going to, pick records here the chargers are going to come in i see them sitting oh we got a 16 game schedule I is this see them the year they're, w- is this the year they're bumping it to 17 games because it's either this you know, year I or next so. year that they're bumping to 17 i think it might be this year so i mean i see them sitting i'll go 11 and 6 for the chargers and i see the chiefs stand where they're at at the top of the division so you got the pick of I the may, Chargers. I may, even, I may even go ten. I may go ten and six with the Chargers. So eleven and six, twelve and six, or eleven and six, or ten and six. And your orders: Kansas City, Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders. All right, RC. What do you got in the West over there for your uh, order of picks? This might be the most boring division we have. I'm obviously gonna go with the Chiefs on top. And I'm going to go a little different. I'm going to say the Raiders are in second. And then, and then doing the Chargers third and Broncos last. Ooh. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Archie B. All right. So you have the order of – I'm going to repeat all these so I make sure I write them down right. Uh, you have Kansas City, Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos. That's your order. Oh yeah. Well, and to me, to me, the pick is if Derek Carr can stay healthy. They did have Marcus Mariota, so if Derek Carr stays healthy, they're fine. But I don't see Derek Carr staying healthy at all. That's why I had the Raiders at the bottom. So I'm just gonna throw mine in here because I, I knew somebody was gonna match mine, but I wasn't sure who. My order's the same as yours, Nick. I have Kansas City. I keep writing down San Diego, despite the fact they're the L.A. Chargers. Broncos and the Raiders sitting last in uh, the AFC West. Uh, So moving now to what could be an uh, interesting division here. Looking at now the AFC East. This is the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets. Bills and Dolphins seem to be popular playoff picks uh, heading into the season. It's the second year for Belichick. He's got Mac Jones. Cam Newton still there, kind of. It seems like they're getting ready to just kind of kick him to the curb at any given second. And then there's the Jets. So what are we thinking now with the AFC East? See, I see this is where 
I'm going to keep it where Buffalo wins the division. Josh Allen, I've I talked about this on one of my shows at BV. We called it Sports on the Edge. I was so high on Josh Allen, and he has been proving me right the last couple of years out of Wyoming. I mean, he's he's so good when it comes to being able to stay in the pocket, reading a defense, but also reading on the run. And I think when you're playing in the AFC, that's a very big a very big setup that you can have. So Josh Allen and the Bills are going to take the division division on that level for the standings. If you look at it, Miami could be that second front runner. And then I see New England kind of falling a little bit. Halfway through the season, I see Mac Jones taking full full control of the offense. And then um, it's not going to end up working out. Mac Jones is kind of going to, or he's going to kind of rush a couple of throws. And then I see New York kind of stepping it up with Bright, or with Zach Wilson a little bit. The quarterback out of BYU, I was a little high on him. He was kind of my Josh Allen pick out of the draft this year. He's very good at throwing on the run, reading defenses and movement, um, especially in that MAC conference. He's very good at being able to just kind of deliver balls downfield. He may not have the full accuracy, but he's got the arm. So I see Zach Wilson and the Jets moving up and New England moving down to finish at the bottom. So I got Buffalo, Miami, the Jets, and then the Patriots sitting at the bottom of the East for the AFC. So one thing I'm dying to know, and we talked uh, briefly about the Chargers record. I'm curious to where you think the New England fourth place finish will be record-wise. I don't see him finishing with as many losses, but I would definitely see him with only five wins. Hmm. So we'll five and eleven. That would be quite the uh, quite the scene for Patriots fans to actually have to deal with a year where you didn't win almost half your games or in years past way more than that. All right, RC, what do you got for the AFC East? I'm going to put the Bills on top, the Dolphins in second, and also I'm also kind of interested in what Zach Wilson can do with the Jets, so I'm going to copy the other guy and put <laughs> – The other guy. Wow. <laughs> and then put the, the Jets in third and Patriots last. I love it. All right, well – this is where we, we take our nice, nice different routes here. The, the top team for me oh. is the same boat with the Bills, all right? I just don't believe that Bill Belichick is going to go so far backwards that he's going to be behind the Jets. I think the interesting battle is going to be the Patriots going to Miami. If the Patriots can manage to win – in Miami, I think things will look good for him. I'm going to go ahead and make the not-so-crazy jump if it was a few years ago with how good the Patriots are. But I'm going to put the Patriots second this year. But it's going to be one of those where you're looking at, say, the Patriots 10-6, and 6, Dolphins 9-7, uh, and 7, Patriots 11-5, and 5, Dolphins 10-6, and 6, where they're like right there neck and neck with each other. And then Miami third and the Jets will be a distant fourth-place finish. That's what I'm... Interesting. That's what I'm going with, switching it up a little bit. Like I said, if you could put a second slash third on both of them, that's what I would do. But since I'm not going to do that, I'm going to pick the uh, Patriots to finish second. So, so far, our division winners have uh, been the same, but it is the Bills and Patriots. So let's jump into a division that might actually be interesting for the top spot in the division the good old AFC North, the Ravens, the Browns, the Steelers, and uh, the Bengals. 
This division could be pretty wide open. Uh, starting with you again, Nick, what are you thinking here with the AFC North? So we talked about it kind of in the pregame before the show. If Joe Burrow comes back, it's going to be the game against the Jaguars. And the reason is, is he's going to have to read a, be able to read a defense and he's going to face kind of a familiar SEC-type defense when it comes to Urban Meyer, even though it is the NFL. He's an SEC coach. You know where he's going to come from. The Bengals finished 4-11 and last year, and it wasn't just because of Joe Burrow's production. It was because the Bengals just around a team are not where they're supposed to be. They have some very good weapons at wide receiver. Um, Jesse Bates is definitely going to be one of those top uh, defenders kind of coming in or coming into it, but I think if you can keep Joe Burrow healthy after the Jaguars, the Packers is going to be the next game to watch after that. They open up with the Vikings, the Bears, and the Steelers, so you have a division leader. You have two middle-of-the-pack teams in the or in the NFC North, and then you lead with the top team after the Jaguars in the NFC North being the Packers. So if you can keep Joe Burrow healthy, I think you might be able to be a contender, but I still see the Bengals being in the last spot. To me, I definitely have to kind of go with Baltimore being the top team this year. The Ravens are still going to be working around. RC likes it. The Ravens are still the Ravens are still working with Lamar Jackson, and the Steelers are just a hard team to beat. But I think after this year, with being with Lamar Jackson's offense, they definitely are going to have a tough team to beat with the running quarterback. Cleveland, to be honest, I don't know where I would put Cleveland. I don't know if I want to put him second or third to kind so, of be the devil's advocate. That I want sounds, to put him at second. That sounds like me with the Dolphins and Patriots where you're like, they're both really, you could put them in either spot here. So you're sticking with Cleveland too. To be honest, I would. Baker Mayfield's coming into a pretty good year. You got Nick Chubb. He's going to be healthy out of Georgia. So that's going to be your main running, your running game. We talked about kind of the... Odell Beckham trade where we think he might get traded, but we definitely don't think so. <laughs> so Odell's going to be a stronger receiver. Uh, you got Jamarcus Bradley coming out of the raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette. So, I mean, and they did get a good pickup out of uh, Devon Davis from Sam Houston. So they have some good receiving cores out of that. And then you have J- uh, Javaris Landry as well. So I think, I think Cleveland could make a run for that second spot, and Pittsburgh finally hits their fall and goes to third. But since, So with that, Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati at the bottom. But I, sit, I see that Cincinnati is going to still make it close. I give Cincinnati about six wins. It's going to be a close division on that one. Yeah, no doubt about it. We were talking about it before we started the podcast, and that top three are really good. And if you put Burrow in – You've got four teams that could beat any of the rest of their division on any given day. I think we know who the top team is going to be for RC in the North, but we'll we'll hear what RC has to say about the North. So, yeah, I'm a Ravens fan, and here's one thing that I'm really worried about. So we're obviously a really, really heavy running team. Lamar in the playoffs? Well, okay, other than that. that. <laughs> Because we get to talk about how, we get playoffs. to talk about how uh, <laughs> what we think will happen in the playoffs coming up too. So I, anyway, we have to throw in some shade there about Lamar in the playoffs. But Whoa. what's your big concern? I'm really concerned. I, I 
hopefully it's not serious, but J.K. Dobbins, one of our like mm. star running backs, got carted off the field field earlier today, and I'm a little worried about that. But on the positive side of things, Huntley's looked really good in the preseason games. So I'm going to obviously put the Ravens on top. And then the Browns, Steelers, and then the Bengals coming in last. So we have the exact same order for you two then. So, so far, nobody's signed on to the Browns winning 13 games this year. Is that that's the – I unless I the Ravens win 14 and the Browns win 13. It's. I would say the one thing I I do agree with RC there. Losing J.K. Dobbins was kind of your your big running game, but I still see that you have a you have a very good set of running backs coming in. So and Gus the Bus Edwards, don't forget him. He's awesome too. Coming out of the big old U, Miami. Love to see it. So, I guess this division wasn't quite as interesting as I thought it was going to be, uh, because. Again, I have Baltimore, like you guys do, winning the division. Uh, so there's that. I, the team that seems like the most eight-ball team in this division for me is not Cleveland. It's Pittsburgh. Because Roethlisberger's getting to that point where you start wondering, like, is he going to keep producing the way he has? So Cleveland's too, but I just – I don't – I wish I knew – if and when Burrow was coming back, because I could see Cincinnati possibly jumping Pittsburgh, depending on how Roethlisberger plays down the stretch of the season. But since I don't know that, I'm just going to file right in line in this one as uh, Pittsburgh finishing third, Cincinnati finishing in last. Last AFC division, it's the AFC South, Titans, Texans, Colts, and Jags, and this division changed a lot from the beginning of preseason, at least from my viewpoint of who is going to win, who is going to make a run. Now that we're seeing how the preseason's played out, there might be some changes in this division. What are we seeing in the AFC South? Am I the only one that's kind of bummed Phillip Rivers is now with the Colts anymore? Dude, that dude's thriving. He His yeah. first game he coached at high school, his team won 49 nothing. <laughs> so I don't think he's going to be a – coming back but you never know i've heard the same rumor about andrew luck coming back so no i don't think there's like like Stop i said it. like it's a rumor Stop it. so it, it, that's a massive rumor man i mean you're you're sitting on like just a gold mine if you can predict that i don't see andrew luck coming back well, i i don't either but i mean the colts are kind of getting to that point where you might be getting a little desperate to see who the heck you're going to have quarterbacking with the injuries and everything uh, well. and, the, and the line that's caught COVID and all these other injuries. It is, it's been a heck of a preseason for the Colts. It, it has been. And especially the one quarterback that I was really high on to see out of this draft as kind of a, it's just kind of one of those picks where you wouldn't expect it, but he's there, and that's Sam Ellinger at Texas. He had a very storied career, and now he's out with a knee injury for five to six weeks. I mean, he has been playing lights out, and after losing that to the Lions, I think if you're going to actually look at it, Jacob Eason is kind of the one that they're looking to start, the quarterback out of Washington. So, I mean, you're, you're dealing with some decently young quarterbacks here who haven't played in the league a while. 
They still have Brett Hundley and Carson Wentz. And if they're favoring Eason, because Carson Wentz still isn't able to go, then the Colts are kind of looking at a little bit of a rough ride. They've won three straight preseason games. They beat the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Lions. But to open up the the regular season schedule, they have the Seahawks, they have the Rams, and then they have the Titans. So, I mean, that's kind of a hard schedule to kind of follow. And the Titans ended up with the AFC South. I would definitely have to say the Titans run away with the or the AFC South. I want to say that Houston would just flip one game above the Colts, but Jacksonville still makes a run. I think Trevor Lawrence is their man. He's going to be kind of the one to replace Gardner Minshew. I don't see them taking over the Colts just because it's Trevor Lawrence's first season, but I see them kind of competing. So I kind of see that one as a full even race when it comes to two, three, and four. So your orders, Houston, Indy, and Jacksonville for two, three, and four? Yeah, I would say that. Tennessee runs away with it. Houston, Indianapolis, Jacksonville. Definitely. Speaking of Tennessee, a team that RC doesn't like to talk about. So what is the, uh, <laughs> what's the viewpoint for the uh, South there, RC? I'm going to obviously put the Titans on top. Well, I can hear the gritted teeth from here, dude. <laughs> I, I, can just, I can just hear the regret. And then I'm going to put the Colts next. Interesting. Going to put the Colts next. And then Texans and then the Jags. Jags finishing at last in everybody's uh, go of it so far. So as I finish writing this down, hopefully I can read this later too because <laughs> my writing's not very good. <laughs> anyway. Chicken scratch. Uh, AFC South. We have picked all of the same division winners so far, and that's not going to change here. What is going to change is I don't know what to think about anything in the AFC South outside of Tennessee. I mean, what are we doing? Have we heard anything about what they're doing? Is Watson going to be moved? Is Watson going to be allowed to play in Houston? I haven't heard anything new on that. The Colts, like I said, they're hurt. They've got, they're on like their third quarterback already. So I'm gonna you gotta go. Remember, you got to remember that Houston is out. JJ Watt. The Colts still have a big wide receiver in Hilton. So I mean, you're you're kind of looking at an an interesting run here. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is outside of Tennessee. It can go any which way. I'm gonna go ahead and just go and say Lawrence is gonna just play out of his mind this year, and I'm gonna put Jacksonville second. I don't think Whoa. any any team outside of Tennessee gets in the playoffs, however. I don't see that uh, they just I don't know what to think about any of them. So I'm putting Jacksonville second. Uh, and I, then, I, would, I would say that if they kept if they kept on our good old boy Tim Tebow. You think Tim Tebow makes that much of a difference <laughs> with that great <laughs> no, with the great not. with the great blocking? I mean, I get the I get the concept of bringing him in as a locker room guy that's been there before, but. It's, it's, it's not going to work. That was that was one of those funny moments. It was a good experiment for the preseason. I mean, oh, I don't 100%. fault anybody involved for at least trying it. But and then I'm going Colts third, just because Houston's a huge question mark to me. So Houston's fourth for me. Taking Jacksonville a little bit of a little bit of a leap there, but so we have. Uh, all of us have Baltimore, Tennessee, Kansas City, and Buffalo winning divisions 
in the AFC North. Do we have any way too early title game predictions for the AFC? Kind of putting everybody on the spot here for a title game matchup in the uh, AFC. To be honest, I ooh, I don't know. So, I would say that I would say the one team that could kind of shock everybody if they get Ellinger back a little bit early could be the Colts, but I would have to still go with the Chiefs and the Bills once again. So I'm assuming that'd be at Kansas City. I would I would assume you're right. Okay. All right, RC. Is this the is this the Ravens year? Can they get over the can't win in the playoffs hump? I guess they kind of did last year winning, but I mean getting to a game that that matters at the end of the year. I'm going to put the rivals in for the last game, Ravens-Titans. Ooh. Whoa, going back to the good old Harbaugh era. Is that uh, going to be – where's it at? Um, Baltimore, there you go. Ooh. In Baltimore. I like it, RC. I'm loving this. So mine is a, actually a combination of these two, and it's going to be Ravens-Bills. Because I think if there's one team in the AFC that can get Kansas City, I think it's Buffalo. Now, if Baltimore and Kansas City end up playing each other before the title game, my pick is going to be shot. But I am taking uh, Ravens at Buffalo for my uh, AFC title game. Just in an attempt to overthrow the Kansas City dynasty that they're slowly but surely working on getting. I mean, boy, it'd be nice to see somebody not – called Kansas City in the AFC title game this year. Okay, but it's so nice to not see anybody called the New England Patriots in any game in a title. Well, I mean... I'm I'm down to see anybody else but New England. And granted, Tom Brady is with the Buccaneers. You guys don't even have... You, you guys have the Patriots finishing last in the East. There's only because... one of us... There's only one of us that has AFC East Patriots even having a shot at the playoffs. And that would be me. You two have them finishing fourth. So you have they another year had, of them they rolling had over. this big of a quarterback battle in years. They don't know what to do with it. Bill Belichick is just sitting there sweating at his desk like, uh, what am I going to do? Like, you can't tell me that the Patriots are going to suffer one way or another. I think they're going to give Cam Newton about three weeks to figure it out. Because I think Mac, I think Bill Belichick right now is sitting in his office drooling about the fact that Mac Jones is going to be as good as he's going to be. And to be honest, I I see where Mac Jones could be kind of the the new quote unquote Tom Brady, just like everybody thought that Daniel Jones was going to be the quote unquote Eli Manning. But still, if you look at the way that Mac Jones plays, he's a little bit higher intensity than Tom Brady, so he makes good decisions downfield. Alabama, when it comes to an SEC schedule, besides playing, A&M well, they play a bunch of cupcakes. Georgia. Yeah, they yeah. they do play a bunch of cupcakes, and we'll talk about that when <laughs> the college football section comes around because I've got a lot of stuff to talk about Alabama in the couple episodes. All right, be on. but so, still, it's the quarterback battle in New England is going to come down to who can actually take care of the ball and not try to force it. And I think that's where I agree. Mac Jones will take over, but still that. New England has a target on their back without Tom Brady. 
All right. So now, now you've kind of led me into another section here of what are your six playoff teams now? What are your, what are your playoff teams? So for you, you have your, that's obviously going to be Baltimore. You're going to have Tennessee. You're going to have Kansas city and you're going to have Buffalo. What are your other playoff teams? Hmm. Well, kind of looking at it and I see I'll say Cleveland makes a little bit of a run what 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 spots do we got left here give me the spots we got left so I have you have your four division winners of uh, Baltimore Tennessee uh, Kansas City and Buffalo and then your second place team was Cleveland you have in your other second place was Houston San Diego, or not San Diego, there it is. The L.A. Chargers and the Dolphins were your other two team. I say the Dolphins find a way to win, and they'll play Cleveland. So you have the Dolphins, Bills, Titans, Chiefs, Ravens, and Cleveland for your playoff teams. All right, RC, we're putting you on the spot along with Nick here because we're – trash talking the Patriots so much here. What are your six playoff teams? Yours were uh we had all the same division winners. Baltimore's in, uh Tennessee's in, the Chiefs are in, and the Bills are in. Your other your two teams, the number two in each division, unless you're going to take two teams out of the same division. Uh you have the Dolphins, the Raiders, the Colts and the Browns as your two seeds in divisions. I think it's going to be the same as last year. Browns and Steelers both oh. squeezing in. Oh. Nice. I think Roethlisberger has one more decent year to get in the playoffs and and try try to go for it. So I guess I failed to ask before I list my six playoff teams. So you have Baltimore winning the AFC this year against the Titans? Yes. Yep. And then you have, I'm assuming Kansas City to beat Buffalo. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the sleeper pick. I got Buffalo winning the AFC. Ooh. I think, I think Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills can, can take a swap off of what the Buccaneers learned, and they can take on that Kansas City offense, slow them down a little bit more, force Mahomes out of the pocket, and force the receivers to actually make a catch. I'm also going with the Bills to uh, win. I think Buffalo will be at home for the title game, which will make all the uh, difference playing Baltimore. And, uh, I mean, granted, if the day comes that those two are playing, I'll definitely be cheering for the Ravens. But as of this particular second, I certainly uh, I would take Buffalo in that matchup. So my six playoff teams, and I can't wait. We should turn your mic up because I can't wait to hear what you have to say about these six. So we're starting with the division winners, which is Baltimore – Tennessee, Kansas City, and Buffalo. And and I'm I'm liking this pick a lot right now. I'm thinking the Patriots get back in. They're my two seed in the East, so I'm gonna put them in. And then after that it gets a little a little dicey. I don't think Jacksonville is good enough, so I, I guess Cleveland. I guess. Cause yes. I don't know I don't know if the Chargers will have enough to go, so Baltimore. The Chargers don't have the good enough kicking game and the fourth quarter comebacks enough. So I have Baltimore, Cleveland, Tennessee, 
Kansas City, Buffalo, and your favorite team, they're back, the Patriots. So there you go. Oh. And we have the Bills winning in two of the title games and the Ravens winning in the other. So there you go. And this is the perfect segue. We got to talk about it. Text or text. I'm so used to talking about that. But if you uh, buy raise energy, use the code word covert 20 uh, at the uh, checkout and you can get 15% off. Uh, there's also a new, got to pull it up here and make sure I get this right. There's a new uh, free uh, sampler pack of the first four cans of rays, two rays on the go samples, four broken arrow samples, and two hyper sleep samples. And uh, there's uh, going to be a link in uh, the uh, Twitter for this. It's repsports.com slash free slash after that. So, again, that's the uh, covert code word covert 20, 15% off. And with that, let's jump into the NFC. And we're going to start. Ooh, I, I want to save this division for last. So we're going to actually skip that one. NFC East. Jeez, it was bad last year. Uh, no, why'd you have to start with this? I thought this was the one that you were skipping. Oh, no, I can't dude. wait. Per- personally, I can't wait to see Washington with Fitzpatrick. After that miracle throw with the Dolphins, that gives me hope yep. for him. So, <laughs> all right. So, apparently, Nick is all in on this. is going to be the greatest division in the NFC. I personally, I don't believe it. Is it just because they're all going to suck? Is it because we're going to have another race to see who can manage to actually win half their games this year? I mean, I think it could be better, but still, I mean, you look at just last year's season, I mean, everybody was still below 500, and a team below 500 made the playoffs. I mean, how is that possible? Almost beat Tampa. Uh, Yeah, and then almost beat Tampa. So, if we're going to make the picks here... Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are going to take the top of the division. Ooh. I, I see the Eagles and Jalen Hurts kind of finally getting on. They have a couple of weapons to make it hurt. They've suffered a little bit. Well Joe played. Flacco played a little bit. So, I mean, you got – and I will say this. My roommate always made this comment when the Broncos had him, and now the Eagles have Gardner Minshew as well. But you still have the MVP – or Super Bowl MVP, Joe Flacco – my roommate always made that. But Jalen Hurts takes the starting spot. The Eagles will kind of – they'll fly a little bit, but the next team in that will be the Giants, and there will be winning records in the AFC – or in the NFC least. The Giants. So when you say be, winning records, are you talking like 9-7 and seven, or is somebody actually going to manage to win double-digit games this year? Somebody will manage to win double-digit games, and that will be the Eagles. The Giants will be the close second. I definitely see the Cowboys, without Dak being kind of fully on that list of, is he healthy, is he not? If they're asking so many questions about it, Dak Prescott will be probably out for a lot of the season. I see Washington finishing third, the Cowboys finishing last, Giants round up the two spot, the Eagles finishing at the top. Oh, well, this might actually be quite a bit more interesting than I thought it was going to be. We're going to let RC go now. As, uh, boy, I didn't think you – before RC makes his picks, I really didn't think that anybody was going to be enthused at all with this division. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I thought this was just going to be a 
these teams are all going to be bad. They're all going to be one and done, whoever manages to win this division. So I guess I'm happy to hear a little fire over there about the uh, this being the first division we talk about. All right, RC, what do you got for the NFC least, as they're so-called? I think, in my opinion, Fitzpatrick is going to lead the Washington football team to the number one spot. The football team. <laughs> and then we got... Hmm, let's put the Giants second, and then the Eagles third, and the Cowboys last. How about them Cowboys? I want to be a Cowboy, baby. <laughs> All right, well, I, I I don't like anything about this division. <laughs> Nobody does. I, I, uh... <laughs> I should have looked at what the projected over-under on wins, total wins for these guys were, because I don't know if anybody's going to get to 10. Um, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I think that it doesn't really matter who wins this division. I think they're one and done in the playoffs, unless it is uh, the Washington football team, soon to be named Maybe something else. Maybe not. We'll have to see. So Cock my off the Sentinels after the movie of the replacements. So my pick here, I'm looking at this, and I really don't like any of these teams. I, I just, I know I've said that, but uh, boy, I, I, I guess uh, I'm gonna say his name wrong. Heineke, I think it was that was playing against Tampa, that almost managed to get Washington to win. Between him and Fitzpatrick, I do like Washington to be the uh, top team in the East. And then, geez, after that, I I guess it's going to go Eagles, Cowboys, Giants the rest of the way. And that's just the, uh, I don't want to say random amalgamation that came to mind, but, I mean, after the first position, it's not going to matter because they're not going to get two teams in the playoffs. So there is... That All right, now we're going to the south. So now we're starting to wonder what division I purposely skipped over to finish for last. Uh, NFC South, Tampa, New Orleans, Carolina, and Atlanta. What do we got for the NFC South? RC, you want to take this one over first? Oh, you know he's drooling at the mouth over there. Get it. For the NFC South, I'm just going to say my pick for the, like, the Big game in this division. Buccaneers are going to go there and win the thing and go back to the Super Bowl again. I'm feeling the Bucks again this year. So I'm going to put the Bucks number one. He's like, give me Tampa. The rest of the teams don't matter. I'm, I like the way the Bucks are looking. They look pretty well, good. Well, they're, they're an easy – I think half the people think they're not going to lose a game the entire year. So so I'm going to put the Bucks number one and winning it, getting into the Super Bowl. And then I'm going to put the Saints. Actually, yeah, put the Saints second. And then Falcons third, Panthers last. But Ooh. definitely the Buccaneers winning it. All right, well, there you go. That's uh, not, not, not exactly surprised by the majority of what was said there. Last year... When Tom Brady went to the Bucks, I called it from day one that they were going to win it, and the Bucks. Were... I never wanted to admit it. 
I called it from day one that they were going to go to their home stadium and win it all, and no one believed me and would listen to me. That's not entirely true. <laughs> I mean, I was like, well, yeah, that's that's about right. I wasn't as high as high on them as you were, but sort of got over there, Nick. Well, I, I see He's Tampa trying Bay to think take... of a way to dethrone Tampa. He's trying to uh, scheme and plot there, over there's, there. There's no way yet, but <laughs> Tampa Bay takes the division with the Saints kind of dealing with a little bit of a new system because they don't have Drew Brees at quarterback. They're starting Jameis Winston. Famous Jameis, baby. He likes eating W's. And throwing interceptions. Yep. We're making the Tinder profile for him right now. He likes eating dubs in the frozen food aisle and throwing interceptions. Why would they not? To me, that's where the turnover margin takes control. Because, I mean, if you really look at it, they've got Ian Book out of Notre Dame, who they just drafted, who is a very good quarterback. Taysom Hill is the second, obviously. And then they still have Simeon, but Jameis Winston will be their starter. So, to be honest, I'm going to put the Saints kind of falling to the middle of the pack. And the way that Sam Darnold's kind of been playing, I'm going to put Tampa, Carolina, New Orleans, and then Atlanta. I say Atlanta and the Falcons finished dead last in the AFC or in the NFC South, but. Carolina's going to make a run. Well, I will say, I mean, we kind of do agree on this division here. I mean, clearly Tampa is going to just run away with it. I mean, they pretty much lose nothing of high significance that I'm aware of, at least. And then it does get interesting that Taysom Hill, how much is Taysom Hill going to be played on this offense? Are they going to kind of do what they did with uh, Breeze when Breeze was there where he comes in periodically. Is he going to try to split time with Famous Jameis? How many picks does Famous Jameis throw this year? Does he go for another 30 and 30? It's going to be an interesting one to see. But I'm with you. I am intrigued by Darnold over at uh, Carolina. Get him out of New York where they just the Jets are bad. The Jets, the Jets are bad. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. But I'm going Carolina too as well. But it could be... An interesting one where, kind of like the AFC East, New Orleans and Carolina can probably flip-flop depending on what happens, and then Atlanta finishes fourth. And now to a division that's been run by the same team for pretty much 20 years. Very, very not, not great. We're talking NFC North. I mean, he's yeah. back. Everybody I, knows it. I thought he was gone. A small part of me wanted to believe he was gone, but the more that no one else picked him up and he didn't really look to go anywhere else, you're like, well, that dream's dead. And then two and a half months later, lo and behold, he shows up to OTAs, and away we go. So um, I'll just take this one because I am the local Bears fan that gets tortured by the same goddamn quarterback every year. Green Bay won. Hate to say it. Bears two. Uh I, I want to see I, I, I want to say that Dalton will actually go back to what he started to look like in Cincinnati for a little bit there where they were making the playoffs and because they were coached by Marvin Lewis they could never win in the playoffs 
Maybe he turns that corner and manages to win a game in the playoffs. The interesting one is Goff in Detroit. Can the Lions actually finish ahead of Minnesota? And I'm normally one that just does not think highly of the Lions, and this year's not going to change because we haven't seen Goff in that system yet. So I'm taking Minnesota third and taking Detroit fourth. Mm. To be honest, the one thing that has me with Minnesota is the running game, and this comes from, yes, Dalvin Cook, but it also comes from Amir Abdullah, the former Nebraska running back. They have two very good – they've got a power and a speed back that are a very good kind of double standard. They do have Jake Browning, who's the Washington former quarterback, who is decently good when it comes to being under pressure. Kirk Cousins, obviously, we know that he likes being the center of attention. But at the same time, Jared Goff took the Rams to the playoffs. And dealing with a new team, kind of dealing with under under new management, you got David Blau from Purdue. He's kind of a good secondary quarterback as well. I think still with the weapons that Minnesota has, I would definitely take Minnesota over the Lions. So I'm going to have to say Packers finish one. The Bears, if Dalton gets hurt, Justin Fields could step up. So I would take the Bears two, Packers three, and then Lions are finishing the division. Or correction, sorry. Yeah, Packers are first, Bears second, Vikings, and then Lions. So, so far, no surprises there. RC, what do you got in the north? I'm going to go with the Packers first like everyone else. We have yeah, I I just want to throw this out there. So we far, have not we have one difference in any division, and that's you taking Philadelphia, Nick, instead of Washington. Otherwise, we picked the same exact division winners, which I will bet. I will bet's about to change with the uh, NFC West. A little bit of a tease there. So, we're going with RC is Packers. Uh, first in the north, and then second, I'm gonna put the Lions. And Whoa! Third Bears, and then last Vikings. I, I think, just don't respect the Lions, dude. I think Goff can can get them going. So the Bears third, and the Vikings fourth. All right. So with that, we're going back to the final division and in my opinion what might be the high most highly contested division in the entire nfl the nfc west it's the cardinals rams seahawks and uh, 49ers we'll start with you nick what are your thoughts here with this i mean you got stafford going to the rams you got wilson for the uh, seahawks you got kyler murray on the cardinals San Francisco, I think Jimmy G's back. Not entirely sure 100% on that one, but the possibility of Jimmy G playing sometime in this year for the 49ers as well. I mean, the Rams really, and we've talked about this before, we'll say it again because this is the common misconception, but the Rams have not been playing good in the preseason. So, I mean, you're kind of sitting at one of those teams where you don't know how good Stafford will take control. You don't know when it's going to be. 
The 49ers do have Garoppolo, but they also have Trey Lance, who is a very high-valued quarterback coming out of North Dakota State. He's able to read a defense very well. He's able to just actually be the playmaker that under Jimmy Garoppolo's wing, I think could be that next guy. It's a tough division for me, but Russell Wilson kind of sits there. I'd say it would definitely be at the top of the division between the Birds and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a wild card pick. I don't know if it is. I don't know if it isn't. But I'm gonna take the Cardinals first. Seahawks are gonna be second. And I see the Rams kind of trying to get used to having Matthew Stafford, but they're gonna fall to the bottom of the pack. I'm gonna go with Cardinals, Seahawks, 49ers, Rams. All right. Well. That was that was not at all what I thought we were going to be hearing. So, uh, RC, he's got the thinker pose going on over there with this division. Did we did we stump him over there? I think I don't think there's a wrong pick in this division. I mean, I really don't. I think Jimmy G's good. Uh, you've seen Seattle's the perennially. Uh, per, I don't know if that's a word. Perennially. The perennial. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, the perennial power over there. Uh, Murray, I think, will be good, and you know the Rams have Stafford, so who the heck knows what's going there? So uh, RC here in the final division of pro football, what do you got? I think the Rams are going to be the underdog and get first in this division, and then it's it's going to be a really close division. But the Rams are going to come out on top, and then the Cardinals, Seahawks, and then Forty ers I think Stafford will be a good fit with the Rams once they get going and figure more of the kinks out. So you have San Fran last? Yes. Hmm. Okay. So the pick that I had to win it, I can't believe some I can't believe Nick already took them. I mean I had Arizona winning this thinking that this was going to be three different division winners uh for this division between the three of us. So I have Arizona the one. After that I think anybody could finish in any order here. Uh, I like Seattle, which is, I mean, they've just kind of been there. They're consistent. Uh, They play really well. So I have Seattle second. And then I just don't know how well Stafford will adjust to the Rams in year one. So I'm going to take San Fran third. And, but I don't know. Because I, I could see the Rams or 49ers flipping here. So I'm actually going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Rams third. Going completely off of what I just said. I think this whole division's probably separated by like three games. Uh, so I think it'll be a close division. So Rams third and then San Fran uh, to finish fourth. And now it's everybody's favorite time. Tell me your six playoff teams and... Tell me your NFC title game for this uh, season here. Don't everybody jump at once. I'm going to (laughs) say my two last teams I get to pick are going to be – what am I leading? So you have Green Bay winning the division in the north. You have Tampa winning the south. You have the Rams winning the west. And you have – the Washington football team winning the NFC East. Your two seeds, the Giants, 
the Cardinals, the Saints, and the Lions. Hmm. I'm going to say Cardinals and Lions get Ooh, in. Ooh, Lions getting in. And then hmm. the big game is going to be Rams, Tampa, and the Bucks move on to the Super Bowl. LA Rams. And that's at Tampa, I'm assuming. Yep. And Tampa winning again. You had the Lions and who was your other team? So it's gonna Cardinals. Be... That was the one I missed. So my Super Bowl is gonna be Ravens Bucks. Trying to write all this down. So who do you have winning that Tampa Ravens Super Bowl? I really, I really like both teams, but obviously the Ravens. Oh, there it is. Oh, he's he's gonna take the sweet Homer the pick, baby. All right, now it's uh, now it's your go, Nick. All right, list me off here. So you got? have the North is Green Bay winning it. The South is, you guessed it, Tampa won it. The West, you have Arizona. The East, you have Philadelphia. Your twos are Giants, Seattle, Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. And the Bears, unless you're taking two teams from the same division. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Seattle plays the Bears. So you're taking Seattle and the Bears as your two wild card teams. All right, then your NFC title game. To be honest, I think the one team that really has the best weapons to possibly, obviously, Tampa is going to be the one that kind of sits at the top of the division. Everybody kind of knows it. That's going to be the team that. It's definitely their division to lose. But to me, the one that matches up the best with them is going to be the Cardinals. Mm. They have kind of the, when it comes to a team that has the best receiving core in that NFC, you have AJ Green, you have DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins, but you also have Rondell Moore, who is the, um, he's the Purdue top pick at wide receiver. I think that, the Cardinals are going to be able to match up with them well. I think it's going to be a close game. Oh, I don't know what to do about <laughs> who wins it. So I'm assuming this is an Arizona at Tampa Bay situation. You don't have the craziness of the Cardinals being the number one NFC seed. No, but I am gonna I am gonna try to pick a craziness here just because I like being that kind of. <laughs> I like being the sleeper team. I'm going to say Arizona wins it. Ooh, so you have the Cardinals and the Bills in the Super Bowl. I I think it would be kind of a great team. The Bills are, we all know the four falls of Buffalo. And I think the Cardinals are kind of due after they lost to the Steelers back in the early 2000s when Kurt Warner was still the quarterback. I think the Cardinals are kind of due for a Super Bowl run. I think Tom Brady's career is kind of winding down, so I'm going to pick the Cardinals over the or Cardinals over Tampa Bay and the Cardinals Bills. Wow, Cardinals over the Bills, man. You heard it here first. That would be Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. I'm saying the Cardinals play the Bills. I'm no, not saying I'm, the Cardinals I... over the Bills. No, I'm asked you who is winning the whole thing. Oh, whoa, no. I'm saying the Bills win the whole thing. Oh, I was going to say, wow, what a pick. No, the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals you told me you were an there. underdog, picking an underdog, and I was like, that is really picking an underdog to make it. Uh... No, 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 no. You said the they Cardinals were due, and I was like, Bills. holy moly, all right. Oh, no, they're just due to get back into the Super Bowl. 
I don't think they win it just yet. They need a couple more offensive weapons. Oh, but... man, that would have been an all-timer pick right there. You could have been on the all-time greatest pick list when the Cardinals win it this year, and you uh, taking the Bills to win it. All right, so my teams, the Packers, Tampa, the Cardinals, and the oh Washington football team. Woo. The wild card team here is the interesting one for me. As a Bears fan, I'd love to sit here and tell you the Bears get in the playoffs. But I'm actually going to do the rarity of taking two teams in the same division. I'm taking Cardinals, Seahawks, and Rams to get into the playoffs. And for the title game, I, I would... Green Bay seems like a type of team that can make a run, but I'm actually going to go a different route here with this. And I'm going to take the Seahawks from not winning the West. They're going to be the two seed in the West to go to Tampa uh, for your NFC title game. I just don't. Brady right now seems pretty incredibly difficult to beat. And with that, Tampa will play the Bills for the Super Bowl. And again, as much as I really don't want to say it, and I really want to be a lot more creative than this for a pick. You're going to go with Tampa. I just, when we get three weeks into the season and Tampa looks like they might actually lose to somebody that's good, Maybe, maybe this will be one of those picks I look back on and go, boy, I wish I wouldn't have, but I don't know. I'm taking Tampa. I mean, they'll play Buffalo. Buffalo will go from 0-4 to 0-5 and will be sorely disappointed again uh, for that. So there you go. We have Bills, Bills Cardinals, Bills Tampa, and Tampa Ravens with Tampa, Buffalo, and Baltimore, the three title uh, teams for that. And with that, uh, now looking at some of the games throughout the season that look like they could be really big games for the NFL. Uh, So I'm going to start with one that, I mean, it's kind of an obvious one, but uh, week two, Sunday night football, the Ravens and the Chiefs. I said it on the podcast a couple back with Jake, the sports guy. This is a way bigger game for Baltimore than it is for Kansas City. And here's why. Baltimore, up until this point, does not beat Kansas City in games that matter. In the regular season, I think they beat them like once recently. And they they wouldn't match up well in the playoffs. It's in Baltimore. If Baltimore needs to win this game to even be on that same level with Kansas City. I mean, I think it'll be a tough game for the Chiefs, but Baltimore really needs this. I mean, it's week two, so it's early in the season, but I think Baltimore really needs to pick up a win here. They really need to pick up a win, and I think that they might actually be able to do it because teams will adjust to Lamar Jackson on the run game, but still the arm is is always going to be that threat. And the speed and the footwork shouldn't be the secondary threat out of a quarterback, but it, it is the primary threat, and the arm will never go away. So Lamar Jackson, I think, could beat 
the Chiefs on that. It's a matter of if the defense will be able to continue to defend those weapons that Lamar Jackson has, or uh, Patrick Mahomes has. So I do think that the Ravens could win this. I think the Chiefs do walk away with that. They start the season off 2-0. and But it, it's going to be one of those close games where it ends up, I would say, within a four-point margin. So do you have any thoughts on this one, RC? I'm sure hearing Chiefs-Ravens is not something you're exactly enthused about two weeks into the season. I think it'll be a very close game, and the Ravens will squeak out with a win. But I, I'm curious from your perspective as a Ravens fan, is this one of those games where you kind of feel, even if you end up 14-2, and two, you feel kind of disgusted losing to Kansas City yet again and not being able to get over the hump of beating the AFC's newest dynasty in the Chiefs? Yes, it was like when we couldn't beat the Titans there for a little <laughs> bit, and then we got over the hump and, and then finally beat them out of the playoffs. But yeah, yeah, not not fun. <laughs> so does anybody have any uh games that you're looking at as this could be a a big uh big game this season in the NFL? If I'm, not, I'm, I have a couple more I can throw in while we're still looking for for games. Oh, I'm I'm looking ahead. We're we're finding some We're finding some games. Oh, let's see here. Ooh, I see it right here. Week five. It's going to be Sunday night on October 10th. And we're looking at the Bills travel to the good old Kansas City Chiefs. That will probably be one of the deciding factors of the division. Notice how both games have included Kansas City so far. As these okay. are both. No, I'm, I'm getting to it. I'm not, not, not throwing shots. I'm sure it might have sounded like I'm throwing shots, but. These are two teams in Baltimore and Buffalo that are trying to catch up and dethrone Kansas City. I mean, both of these games are going to be big. Can Kansas City beat both of them and stay on top is certainly going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if the Bills are uh, up to the task because this will be at Kansas City. And there's another one that is this week that I think could be interesting too. Dolphins at Tampa. I think that's another one that – I was going to say your your big game between that would be Jacksonville and Tennessee in that week five. That could be an interesting one, too. But these, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see Tom Brady go up against the Dolphins that are actually going to be, you know, like pretty decent, so it seems, here early in the, uh, uh, in the uh, season. So... Do you have any games you're looking at over there, RC, for the uh, NFL? I'm just kind of scrolling through. I mean, the Titans have a couple back-to-back weeks where they play the Bills and the Chiefs. Uh, There was, I think it's the final week of the season. I think it's week 18, if I remember correctly. The game that will decide, probably decide a division. Let Let me find her here. Oh, there it is. It's in the desert. This was one that I've talked about before, too. I can't wait. Hopefully this game decides the NFC West. It's the Seahawks at the Cardinals. And I think that could be a big game uh, division-wise for who is going to come out of that NFC West and win the West. Like I said, I think multiple teams will come out of the NFC West for the playoffs. But it'll be interesting to see 
uh, if the uh, Cardinals are still uh, competitive for the division at this point or if the Seahawks have started to pull away. So with that, does anybody else have any uh, games to add to the uh, games of the highlights that might be a good game? Is there any games for your team specifically that you're looking at that, like, this would be a sweet game and this is going to be one of those games that could uh, make or break for the Broncos uh, or the Ravens? Ooh. And I'm going to look at it for, for the, the Bears, Broncos. too. I'm going to look at for the Broncos. It's going to kind of be they have three kind of warm-up games against the Jet or the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets. They play the Ravens in mile high. Then they go to the Steelers. I want to see how they deal with the Raiders and their offense because the Broncos and the Raiders the last couple of years have been a very tight game. The Raiders have squeaked it out. The Broncos are looking at Teddy Bridgewater. And this might be a time, depending on his performance, on whether or not they switch, whether or not they don't, because it's very early on. And I believe that would be, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Uh, it's about week five or six with the Raiders. I think that might be a time that the Broncos might be looking to see how Drew Locke does against the Raiders once again. But... I see that being kind of a pivotal moment where the Broncos could either turn the tide or go back to the kind of falling grounds in their division. So you have anything for the Ravens over there? Otherwise, I can jump in for uh, the Bears. Um, you know, everybody's talking about the Rams game opening week. I mean, they're not wrong. but And I'm staying away from division games. I mean, obviously, Bears-Packers, if the Bears have any shot of winning the North, it's going through Green Bay. But the Bears go to Tampa in week six, or week seven. Uh, should be an interesting game. I looked at it. The Bears actually beat Tampa last year, which, granted, this is a much different Tampa team. But it'll be interesting to see if the Bears can stack up. Then three weeks later, they host Baltimore, another playoff team. The Bears actually historically do pretty well against Baltimore. And then two weeks after that, they host the Cardinals, and that could be another interesting game there. Uh, they wrap up the season playing the Vikings twice in four weeks. So I guess if there's a division race, uh, you'd rather see the Vikings there than playing the Packers twice in four weeks. But that's just kind of a uh, look at the NFL. And uh, you don't have any games over there for the Ravens at the end. So, all right, that is a look at the NFL we're switching gears. It was oh, oh, another. Oh, 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 oh. oh, we got a. He's got, got a, one. RC's, we got a, RC's scrambling. We got a shout out Rays again, and we got <laughs> uh, Baja Lime tonight instead of the sour gummy worm. This one way better than the gummy worm. Both really good though. This one has a whole different, unique taste that's really good. All right, there you go. We're going to jump right into college football. Uh, Another tough week to be a Nebraska fan as Illinois starts their Big Ten uh, season with a W at home against Nebraska, 30-22. to Before we get into looking at what we're seeing here in week one or week zero or whatever we consider this, what the heck happened to Nebraska today? I mean, I thought the frost warning was back, but boy, it sure isn't. So... 
he's been very high on his team and there I will say there has been a lot of improvement and the one thing that has been the biggest improvement coming out in this I will call it week 0 was the defensive game the black shirts came out ready to play throughout the majority of the first half but when your entire offense becomes your defense and in Champaign Illinois it was hot today so the defense was moving around a lot they were making plays you had two linebackers in Nielsen and Henrik coming up. Uh, Henrik especially is one of those guys. He's an Omaha guy. He's a Burt guy. So, I mean, he played very well. But the defense did as best as they could. When it comes to Nebraska, I have five things. Number one, you have to be able to work the special teams. And there's two parts to this, and that's going to be number two. But the first part is you have to be able to make extra points, and your punter has to be able to punt more than 28 yards on average for a punt. That's kind of a given when it comes to college football, being able to pin a team back or that at least was move his, it out of. Sorry to cut you off, but his keep, average today was going. 28 yards. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. 28 yards on a punt. He had one that went for, I believe it was 42 or something like that. But, yeah, our new punter has not been the best. The kicking game when it comes to field goals with Nebraska is has not been the best in the last three seasons. Uh, two extra points were missed today, so the special teams is going to have to be there. Number two when it comes to special teams, and this is point number two, a cornerback should not be your receiving man. I understand that. Cam Taylor Britt may be the fastest guy on the field. He might be trying to win that captain spot where he already has it. He tried to do too much today, and he made a attempt on one of the kickoffs in the first quarter where he caught it at the one-yard line when it was clearly going three yards over his head in the back of the end zone for a touchback. He tried to pitch it forward, and it ended up being a safety as it went out of bounds. Not the best on Cam Taylor Britt's part. Number three, we have to have a quarterback that can actually run the offense. Taylor Marti- or Adrian Martinez has been one of the most turnover-prone quarterbacks in college football the last four years that he started. Last year, he almost combined with the same numbers as fumbles to interceptions. We can't have that as a quarterback. Scott Frost needs to change the option or change the offense number four, which is go to the option. You have a you have a great offense to be able to run the option, run the jet sweep, which throws it back to Joe Gans and Nate Swift when that was the key offense and it worked. It got them nine wins a year. Uh, and I mean that's just one of the biggest things. You have a team that can run the option. You have no defenses in the country that are able to actually hold an option because nobody runs it anymore. And then number five, the coaching style just needs to be kind of one of those things where Scott Frost needs to take over kind of like the Tom Osborne era where you got to be able to get in a player's face a little bit. And that was the one thing I loved about Bo Pelini was he kind of got in a player's face after a mistake or he got in a coach's face about it. And I understand all the kind of you can't yell at a player. There's NCAA regulations about it, but he can't be taken taken a lot of the blame on himself, which he's done the last couple of games and especially the last couple of seasons where we haven't had the guys ready. It hasn't been that you have to come out fighting in this game one and losing to Illinois. They're a decent team. They had a quarterback that was a wide receiver turned quarterback after an injury and they were prepping for this. I mean, that's just, 
you have two games where Fordham, I really don't know much about. Buffalo, I know they drafted, or they had a running back get drafted. And then you come out with Oklahoma and Spencer Rattler, one of the potential Heisman winners for this season. Something's got to change. And there's calls already being out for Scott Frost's job. So Nebraska needs to make some changes to try to get back to that powerhouse offense and what they used to be in the Big 12 and the Big 8. And they, they've got a tough road ahead of them this year. So the first thing I'm, I'm looking at stats-wise, and I'm wondering if this concerns you as a Nebraska fan, Adrian Martinez is the leading carries and the leading yardage. Is that something you would rather not see, or is that something – because your next closest is that Gabe Irvin Jr., 12 carries for 33 yards. Martinez, quite a bit higher than that, and that's your quarterback. I I definitely kind of see that as a little bit of one of those double edged like swords. Having a quarter, yeah, I like having a quarterback being able to run the ball. I like it when he's able to kind of read the pocket. But Adrian Martinez is either one of those he runs the ball at the right time, or he waits too long in the pocket, or he runs the ball way too late, and that's where it creates turnovers. You have a guy when it comes to Marquis Step out of uh, USC. He transferred over. He was running the ball good. You have a couple of running backs who have been running the ball good today, or I guess Saturday now. But they had some good running back potential, but the offensive needs to be able to make some changes. You need to be able to run the ball around the offense, and that's where I think the option comes into play. You have a quarterback who's able to good, or do good on his feet, You have a couple of running backs who are able to hit the holes hard. And if you're potentially more worried about a quarterback being able to run the ball, that's where that option pitch comes into play. So So looking around the rest of week zero, this was the only game Nebraska and Illinois that was even close. Uh, Fresno State just wailed on Connecticut 45-zippo. UCLA destroyed Hawaii 44-10. UTEP blew out New Mexico State 30-3. And San Jose State also just took it to Southern Utah, 45-14. It's kind of what you expect out of week one with only one Power 5 game going. Uh, And then you start looking towards uh, this coming week already with kind of the first real week of college football for the uh, Division 1 at least. A lot of interesting games going on. You talked about it before the podcast, uh, recording this podcast of course uh the thursday game against ohio state minnesota we kind of saw that one differently i don't think it's going to be exactly close like at all but it is an early big 10 game for ohio state to see if they're uh, just as good as they were before uh fast forward to uh, Friday, Colorado's in action against Northern Colorado. There's some more uh, big, a Big Ten game between Michigan State and Northwestern. Uh, then you look ahead to Saturday, a game that you kind of talked about, uh, Penn State-Wisconsin. Uh, Nebraska takes on Fordham. Man, boy, I, I hope for Nebraska fans' sake that Nebraska just throttles Fordham. I mean, I think – I Go ahead. I would definitely agree with that. I mean, there it's it's one of those games where it's kind of like the longest yard with the Adam Sandler. You need a tune-up game. I think this is that tune-up game, and I think Buffalo would be kind of a, a tune-up game as well. But 
that's a, a different opponent, but Fordham, Nebraska needs to kind of just come out stomping. And like I said, the defense played great today, except for a couple of miscues uh, towards the end of the game when they got tired, they got overheated because the offense couldn't get on a clear run. So it'll be interesting to see how they come out. And I was going to add the point of like, even if this is a close win, that's going to be, that's essentially a loss. I mean, this is a team that you should beat pretty heavy handedly. Like I would say at least two, three scores, like minimum beating Fordham uh, for Nebraska. And then uh, just kind of looking through, you highlighted this game. I didn't even think about it. Fresno state and Oregon. Uh, And then, you know, here in the great state of Iowa, I have the bias of Iowa, Indiana, two teams ranked in the top 20. That's a heck of an opening win either way, whoever ends up winning it. You know, Iowa's at home, so I guess you could say it'd be a bigger win for Indiana. I think Indiana's ranked one spot higher than Iowa is, uh, so there's that to consider there too. Uh, Northern Iowa, Iowa State, uh, <laughs> This is one that Iowa State periodically will stub their toe against Northern Iowa and actually lose this game. If Iowa State's going to stay, you know, riding around in the top 10 all season, this will have no effect on the Big 12 rankings, obviously. But if they want to stay in the top 10 all season, you can't stub your toe in week one uh, against uh, Northern Iowa. I think it'll still be an interesting game there. And then uh, looking through the rest of these, a lot of weird, interesting non-conference games uh, going on. Uh, oh, I guess the another top-ranked one is Clemson, Georgia. That should be an interesting that's, one. That's there. a game that you. That's a game that you really have to watch out for because one, there's a couple of games where a lot of new quarterbacks are put in play, and this is one of them. JT Daniels gets another full season as the Georgia quarterback. He did pretty well last year. Georgia obviously ranked number five in the country. Kirby Smart has his team, again, trying to figure out where their offensive identity lies, whether it's going to be fully in the pass or fully in the rush. Clemson, however, they have DJ Ungalalier, who is taking over after Trevor Lawrence, and he did fairly well at the beginning of the year when Trevor Lawrence was out. Beat, Nor- or beat Notre Dame, was able to get a couple of big wins. He put up some great numbers. So whether uh, Dabo Sweeney actually has faith in Ungalalier and he can make the plays, Clemson has been producing some pretty decent quarterbacks in the last few years. And being without Jake Fromm for two full, Georgia has a lot of offense to pick up. So I think that would be one of the best. I also kind of want to toss it to... Um, Texas and Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, going into Austin. And that's going to be a game without Sam Ellinger. So Texas and the first game for uh, Steve Sarkeesian as the head coach for the Longhorns. I think that would be a good game as well. Texas has an identity to kind of pick up whether or not they're going to be a full team to deal with. And remember, are they just going to kind of lie down? And to remember to last year... These are the same Ragin' Cajuns that went into Iowa State and won uh, their opening game last year. So this is a Ragin' Cajun Correct. team out of the Sun Belt that has the potential to go into, uh, go to Texas and come out of there with a win. Yeah, they did. They did have that big win against Iowa State. They're returning the same quarterback. So I mean, it's 
it's going to be an interesting kind of very big week one when you kind of look at it. Coastal Carolina, they're returning the same quarterback as well. They have the Citadel. Alabama always blows them out, but sometimes, you know, it's it's not going to be an easy test. North Carolina and Virginia Tech as well. Mac Brown having North Carolina and the Tar Heels, number 10, the first time they've been ranked in the top 15 for God knows how long. I mean, North Carolina is trying to print a name for themselves. Penn State, Wisconsin trying to make a new running back when it comes to the Wisconsin offense. I mean, there's a lot of big games in this week one that could really set it out. And then Miami and Alabama, Alabama dealing without their quarterback in Mac Jones. So be interesting to see who Nick Saban really puts out. And Alabama does have a very tough schedule. They have Miami in week one, Florida week three, and then you toss it down to week six. They got Texas A&M. LSU, who's still ranked. I mean, Alabama does have, it's not going to be a pushover schedule this year, but it still kind of is. You look at, uh, after LSU, they have New Mexico State, and then the middle of the pack SEC teams, Auburn's always going to be a tough game in the Iron Bowl. I mean, there's a lot of tough games this year once you look at the schedule, and I'm sure we hope we'll talk about it. Cincinnati's kind of the dark horse at number eight. They got Miami, Ohio this week, but college football really heating up in this early week one couple of other games, LSU and UCLA. UCLA winning big today. And then this is one that always gets me, Notre Dame taking on Florida State. I'm curious to what you think. Do you think Notre Dame should be put in a conference? Because they always seem like they're in that final four. They're in the top four. They're hovering around the top four. They're in the college football playoff talk. And they always get throttled in these games. They come in and they just get the doors blown off them, whether it's Clemson, whether it's Alabama, whether I think they played Clemson twice maybe in that span. Should Notre Dame have to get into a conference uh, going forward at some point? I know they played with the ACC last year, and I know they've added a good chunk of ACC games, but I don't think they're officially in the ACC this year. With all the conference uh, realignment and all this, should – Notre Dame be maybe forced into a conference or are they do you think they're fine just floating independent I mean money wise I'm sure they want to stay independent but maybe for the good of college football do you think they should be put into a conference when it comes to college football absolutely if they want a real shot at the title and they want real just recognition you have to get put in a conference and the COVID year kind of proved that um they are able to win big games. They are great team, or they are a great team, but they lost Ian Book this year. The next person to take it over, I believe, would be Jack Cohen as quarterback. He played a lot last year, kind of split time with Ian Book. Uh, both were very good quarterbacks. But yeah, coming in at number nine in the rankings, I mean, you look at the teams that they're going to have to kind of go around. They do have Wisconsin on the schedule. Um, that's week four. They have number eight Cincinnati straight after that they have USC North Carolina I mean they are playing good teams and a lot of them are uh ACC teams and potential ACC teams when I kind of look at Cincinnati but when you have a schedule like this and you're looking for that recognition you have to be in a conference if you want that title and you want that playoff spot it's it's more so looking at the fact that the, the playoff committee is really not kind of looking at those non-Power 5 teams and those FBS teams. I mean, Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati, to me, last year were those sleeper teams that could have made it in. 
Texas A&M is now kind of becoming that, even though they're in the SEC. North Carolina's trying to make a run at that this year. You have to be in a conference if you want that playoff spot. And that's not something that I like to say because I'm definitely on one of those we need a bigger-than-four-team playoff. So if you're going to be North or Notre Dame, you're going to want to be in a conference within the next two years. And Texas and Oklahoma have tried to move on that to be in a better spot. But I don't know. Nor- or Notre Dame's going to have their work cut out for them this year with their schedule, even if they want to make the playoff or not. So I have it pulled up and looking at them in bowl games. So last year in the college football playoff semifinal against Alabama, getting throttled 31-14. The year before, they blew the doors off Iowa State in the Camping World Bowl before Iowa State really became good 33-9. And then you look at 2018, they're again in the top four and get throttled again. They they lose to Clemson 30-3. And then it's Citrus Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, and then you go back to the 2013 BCS National Championship against Alabama, throttled again, 42-14. It's just, it, 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 to me, it's frustrating. I don't really ever have any teams that are in the top four, but it, to be a bubble team, to be that four, to be that five, six, seven that could have been in that spot, to see a team like Notre Dame get in there, it just, it would feel a little more, I guess, authentic to me if you were to put them in an actual conference. But it is uh, certainly interesting with them. And uh, with that, I think that's about it for the uh, week one, like, hypercritical games. I mean, there's a lot of good games. And more more importantly than anything, getting college football back in the full swing of things starting on Wednesday is just it's going to be a good time for everybody involved. And you get weird matchups in these first couple of weeks too with the non-conference games. Oh, 100%. And the one thing that I just really love is that college football now has fans back in the stands. And that's the biggest part about it is it I makes love watching such college football a every year. It makes oh, such 100%. a difference having fans in the stand. I mean, it makes a difference in any sport. But I feel like college football – college basketball, those types of sports, it's such a difference maker to have your own student section in the stands rather than playing in front of nobody. Yeah, and when you kind of look at a a few of these matchups, I mean, uh, Texas Tech and Houston, for example. Houston's been one of those teams in the American Conference that has been bouncing in and out the last, uh, I believe, six years. Uh, When it comes to the college football rankings, they've been either in the top 25, they've been even in the top 10 at times. They play Texas Tech, and that's in Houston. I mean, that's going to be a big game where you need fans. You have a Big 12 opponent coming in, and Texas Tech, who has been decent, they've been middle of the road, they've been competing for a couple of Big 12 titles. That's going to be a big game. Uh, Purdue, Oregon State, after losing Rondell Moore and uh, David Blau, you're going to you're going to kind of want to try to regroup an offense. Uh, the Georgia-Clemson game, even though that's uh, a top-five game, that's just always going to be a good game. That's going to be straight in Death Valley. The one team you really have to watch out for, if I'm going to be honest, when it comes to the top five and you're talking or the top four and you're talking about a bubble team, that's going to be Texas A&M. They have a very strong offense this year. They've got a very good strength of schedule. They have Alabama coming in, and then all the teams that they face. Auburn's never going to be a pushover. They play Ole Miss very, very well, 
And then you have LSU to close out the season, who about a year ago, it was a six-overtime game. So Texas Tech has kind of a lot to prove this year. Early on, their schedule is kind of a little soft when it comes to Kent State. Colorado is going to be all right, and then New Mexico. But I think Texas A&M could be one of those teams where if they get put into the top four, they're going to be a little bit better than Notre Dame. All right. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. And with that... I think that pretty well wraps up uh, week zero and week one of college football next week, either Wednesday or sometime later in the week. We will be making our week one NFL picks. It's the yearly time where I go on a sports show and make picks that embarrass me after the following week when I'm like two and 14 in games that are uh, picks. So we'll see if I can kind of do better than I have in the past with that. But uh, with that, does anybody have any closing thoughts before we wrap up the uh, wrap up the podcast here? I I believe there there could be a teaser for next week's oh, episode. Oh, here Somebody it is. Got, I I I mentioned that I was going to say it, and I remembered it. There's a package coming for a certain JC next week that we talked about in episode ten. Oh man, it's going to be a good you wanna, time. I'm, I'm not saying any more than that. I'm saying it's going to be a good time, and oh, you're going to want to. He's going to cut it short. We're gonna. We're gonna. I was going to say it's not. It's not going to be like a full teaser, <laughs> but it's it's got to be something that if you if you were there, you you got to pay attention. It's one of those. Man, it's going to be one hell of a time. If you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's eleven eleven. Make a wish, man. Oh, uh, so though it's one forty in the evening. One forty. In the evening, there it is. So, all right, with that, um, you have a website and uh, social media. You want to shout out again, Nick, here for the uh, show as we wrap her up? Oh, definitely the website. And like I said, it's going to launch here pretty pretty soon. But that is nickwarrior8.wixsite.com backslash Nick Hendricks. So hopefully we will definitely make sure that the the covert show is the first to know when that's going to launch and then we will definitely launch it out on our twitter at nick warrior you mentioned me in the last show and i greatly appreciate it and guys once again greatly appreciate being on the show it's so much fun talking talking sports with you and just the last time talking music and clown of the week man <laughs> had a ton i of know fun. you were chomping at the bit for clown of the week for today and we didn't we didn't <laughs> find one and then next uh, Wednesday, it's going to be a four-man show. It's going to be the three of us. RC's bringing on a guest. As uh, That's going to be coming up uh, Wednesday. It'll be released Thursday because that's how we do things here. We record them late, late on a day, and then they come out the following day. So there you go. RC, anything to add over there across the way? I'm getting a... Getting a shake of the head. So, all right, you can follow the Covert Show at the Covert Show on Twitter. Uh, you can email us the Covert Show at gmail.com. Don't forget, if you buy Raise Energy, use the code word Covert20 for 15% off at the checkout. You can check out the Covert, uh, Covert Show Facebook page and newly added the covert show tiktok we don't have any tiktoks up there we might have to get us all together and do the crate challenge apparently they didn't take, <clears throat> milk crate challenge uh, apparently they didn't take down the crate challenge videos because i thought they did take those down but apparently they're still rolling out there is uh i don't think any of us are smart enough to do that so 
can we do like can we do like a tiny milk crate challenge <laughs> where it's like, like one two three two one where the highest one's three yeah, milk crates that, high and that's it <laughs> i mean we we do have a reputation we do have faces for radio here so i mean <laughs> we gotta keep those good that is very true all right, that'll wrap up the show one more time. The code is COVERT20 at the uh, – you want to get 15% off Raise Energy, you can do it with that code word. Special thanks for Nick once again coming on the show. For RC, I'm JC. This has been the COVERT Show podcast number 11. Thanks for listening.